heart. Uh, and so that's why teaching about faith is always valuable because we need to go from faith to faith and, and you know, uh, increasing in our faith so that uh, however the Lord chooses to use us or desires to use us, then we have the faith to yield to that. Um, and, so, and so it's really on the receiver's part uh, of how much faith they have. They can go from zero faith all the way up to uh, full faith in the receiving mode because if they have zero faith, as long as they don't have unbelief, they can have zero faith and like, well, I, you know, I've never heard of healing. You know, go ahead and try it, I guess. You know, it won't hurt nothing there, right? They don't have any faith for that. Uh, but uh, they can be at, at zero faith and your faith can carry them across the line. Uh, uh, now, if they've got unbelief, that negates your faith and it short circuits the, the power of God in your life. And there's not really anything you can do about that. Uh, and so that's why it's helpful for the church to develop faith because they may encounter situations, especially as they minister to the lost, where there is no faith in the crowd to receive healing because they are unaware uh, of the faith. They're not members of the covenant of God as unbelievers. Uh, and so they don't really have any ability to have faith. And so that's why we, we need to have faith, right? That's why we, we in the church need to develop faith, both for our own benefit and for those that are of the world that uh, don't have the blessing that you have, amen? And so that's, and that's why I'm so thankful that the Lord's given us a wide range of, uh, of uh, uh, our ways to obtain healing because, you know, in every, in every area of your life, uh, you know, your faith is increasing or, you know, uh, maybe faster in some areas than other areas. And even for me, you know, I've found uh, in, my, in my life that certain things have been really easy to overcome from a, from a sickness standpoint. And then some things seem to take longer. And, and you know, really the only thing the only conclusion I come to, uh, because we don't have a lot of clarity of that in the Word of God, is that it seems to be, just from a standpoint of experience, that things that are chronic, things that, that have been going on a long time, that because you've kind of gotten used to them, that it seems to be a little harder. Not, it's not harder on God's side, of course, but it's just harder in our minds to, to overcome that because we're so used to the symptoms. And, you know, faith, you, uh, one thing you have to do in faith is uh, in fact, we talked about that with Brother Bosworth about uh, how looking at a symptom sometimes can cause our faith to to be decreased because we we did what we're supposed to do. The symptoms are still there, uh, and so and it's not that we're in unbelief. It's just that the chronic uh, situation of the of the thing, uh, whatever it is, you know, it could be an itch, could be anything, right? It could just uh, it doesn't have to be a terrible disease, uh, but because of the chronic situation, it seems as though that uh, we have to work a little harder just to get our minds really renewed versus something that shows up tomorrow that hasn't been there. Sometimes that's easy because, well, it wasn't there, so it doesn't need to stay. Uh, and now there's no hard and fast rule about that. It's just really an observation I've found personally in my own life about uh, sometimes why, why is it harder to obtain faith or obtain the healing for things. And then other things, you can just believe God and, it's, you know, it's not magic, but it's like magic and it just happens almost instantly. Um, and so, again, there's no rule about that. There's no, no well, biblical, spiritual law about that. But I think part of it is uh, having our minds renewed that in every case, regardless if it's, if it's been there since we were born, uh, we can have faith for that. Amen. Uh, now, you know, it is helpful sometimes when the Lord uh, uh, gives us, uh, I don't know if it's special faith, but uh, for, uh, uh, for sure a revelation that uh, I know I used to have this little spot on my, on my face years ago. And it was just kind of annoying. It wasn't a problem or anything like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to remove because it, got, it was right there at the bottom of my glasses. 
Uh, and so, uh, you know, I was thinking about having it surgically removed and uh, even went to the doctor about it and he told me about, you know, how it worked and all this stuff. And it just seemed kind of uh, a lot of work for that, you know. Uh, and, um, uh, but I was at home one day and the Lord just spoke to me. He said, why don't you believe me uh, to remove that? And, you know, it wasn't that I was unbelief. It was just, well, you know, I, you know, I mean, sometimes you, well, I hate to bother you, God. You know, it's just a little thing. You know, it's not even a big deal. And I don't really think that way. But, you know, sometimes you just don't think about, you know, using faith, applying faith to things that aren't really critical. Nobody's going to die from that. You know, it's not life or death. And it's not even annoying or painful. It's just there. And you don't want it there. Uh, and so, uh, so I thought, okay, well, I mean, he spoke. So, all right, then, then you know. I just had an unction to curse the thing, and in a couple of weeks, it just dissolved, went away. You know, it wasn't instantaneous, but you know, it had been there for years, right? It wasn't just showed up, and in a couple of weeks, it went away by itself. Uh, it, it did it for years, and then, uh, you know, later on, then uh, there was, uh, you know, you get these things that show up, you know, and there was another thing showed up uh, years later, uh, kind of a similar thing, and I didn't notice it. Chris noticed it, you know. Uh, it's a place that, you know, I don't normally see, and uh, and so I was on my back there, and um, uh, and so uh, now, of course, you know, I don't know, people like to turn around and look at themselves in the mirror, you know, to make sure everything looks good up and down on the backside, you know. They would probably have seen that, but I don't typically do that, so, uh, but, um, uh, and so it was there, and it was there, I mean, a long time, right, probably years again, you know, and I just, you know, one day, I thought, well, you know, I don't need that thing there, and so I, same thing, I just cursed the thing and, and commanded it to leave, and then, and it's just gone, right, it's just 100% gone, so. You know, they just think, you know, and those are kind of chronic because in the sense that they've been there for a long time. And um, uh, and so uh, th- and there's, uh, of course, there's no condemnation about any of it. You know, it's just uh, we always grow in faith and, and uh, increase in faith. So uh, and then uh, I think this morning we talked about uh, Clark, you know, and and uh, how he uh, uh, the doctor said, well, he's got arthritis. And and um, uh, and I don't think we mentioned this morning, but, you know, it was so bad that. If he just get down off the off the chair, he would whine when he when we hit the floor, right? Because, you know, you got 55 pounds of dog, you know, for a little dog, that's a lot of pounds of dog, you know, on his front paws and his uh, right front paw uh, had so much arthritis and it, it hurt him just to get down from the from the chair, uh, and you know he couldn't hardly go up the stairs and uh, and so uh, we just started praying for him and and within just a couple of weeks, you know, he's now he's running. Uh, and so, uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to believe God for his, uh, well-being until, until he goes right sometime, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, my, my faith is that the Lord will let us know it's time to let him go, right? It's time to let him go on home and, uh, and, and um, leave this earth. And, and so, uh, and, and we'll do that, you know, uh, we might do that with some tears, but you know, we still, <laughs> Oh, in Psalm, uh, was it Psalm uh, 138, 8, right? Uh, that he perfects the things that concern us. Uh, and so um, be, uh, it was Psalm uh, 138, 8, right? Uh, and, um, and yeah, it says that the Lord will perfect that which concerns me because, you know, in the area of healing for my pet, Clark is not a member of the covenant of God, right? Jesus didn't die for my dog, you know, that my dog has not committed any sins, and uh, he doesn't even have a spirit being, right? And so, um, but he is something that concerns me, uh, and so the Lord can perfect or accomplish those things which uh, concern me. Uh, and, and, and we kind of made a distinction between uh, 
specific faith, which is I have a verse that applies specifically to my situation. So by his stripes you were healed. That's a very specific verse for your healing, right? But there's no Bible that says by his stripes was your dog healed. So there's no specific faith that we can apply to healing for our pets for that. But this is a general verse of general faith verse that he perfects the things which concern you. Uh, And so you can use general faith uh, for uh, any situation. Amen. Uh, Within the confines of the word of God, of course. Right. So if it's outside of his will, obviously, then, you know, you can't use that. But uh, the, the Lord didn't Lord create animals. He did, right? He created them, so it's not something he didn't create. He created them, so they're there for our benefit. Uh, and we, we love our pets, and, uh, you know, um, and so we, we can use general faith t- to do that. Now, I've seen a lot of weird things when it comes to animals. You know, anybody seen animal blessings, you know? And I mean, I don't know about all this stuff, you know. I know you did do good, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's okay. I don't really know. I mean, you know, now you can use this verse, I suppose, because it does concern you, right? And so, I mean, it, maybe it's not a stretch. It just, I don't know, just something just... Um, uh, no, I don't think so at all, right? And so is that okay? I, I get... Are we ever going to have a pet blessing? I, probably not. I mean, if the Lord can speak to me and say, do anything, you know. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe we should take a vote. Anybody want to have a pet blessing? Don't show me. I don't know. <laughs> Water bowls. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Nice. Nice. A iguana and a raincoat, huh? Um, so, I mean, it's none of my business. Somebody wants to do that. And, you know, and I, and I can kind of even see where that would almost be okay. You know, maybe it's okay. But I have seen him. Uh, I remember one uh, uh, group did a, uh, we're going to bless the world. And, you know, you can't really bless people that don't want to be blessed. I mean, you know, uh, you have no authority over that guy over in Singapore. How are you going to bless him, right? I mean, the Lord's already blessed the world by coming to the earth. Uh, I mean, you, stuff like that, you know, sometimes we get into theater and not into faith, you know. Uh, we'll probably let the pet blessing slide, you know. Um, but um, police dogs. <laughs> baby <laughs> so, um, yeah 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 but I mean you know I mean could you have people bring their pets so we could pray for them I mean I mean we prayed for our dog and I mean and I and I and we have scripture that I believe it would work for that you know so would that be okay I mean it would probably be okay I just you know the the thing that would bother me most about it is not even the thing it's the theater or, or the appearance of the thing, right? That it would look like we're trying to be cool or, you know, unusual or, you know, and, and we're not trying to draw attention to ourselves by doing something like that. You know, if we did it, we'd have to do it under cover of darkness and not tell anybody, right? And, and so uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was a blast, you know, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and uh, now Clark, Clark's not a very social dog, you know. In fact, we call him the grumpy uncle because, you know, uh, he's not very nice to my, my daughter's uh, animals there. But, um, uh, and, and, you know, he never cuddles up with the cats. In fact, uh, one of our cats stalks Clark every now and then. You know, she'll hide under thing and wait till Clark comes out. And, and Clark's really got a tender heart, you know. I mean, 
Uh, every now and then he'll stand up for himself and we go, you, do, you go Clark, you know. But, but a lot of times this one cat will stalk him, you know, and hide behind him and just, you know, <laughs> jump out at him, you know, and blah. And, and, and so just mean cat, you know. Of course, it's a girl cat. That makes sense, right? And so, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> now, I don't know if it being female has got anything to do with it or not, but, you know, it is a piece of information there. So, you know, uh, and so, because the, guy, the male cat, he doesn't do that stuff like that. He's just chill. He's just like, yo, what's going on, you know? Uh, but, um, uh, but anyway, so, um, so that, that's just, um, the, Lord, the Lord cares about us, right? And then, uh, Dora, is it okay if I tell you, uh, you just so we can get it uh, online on the, uh, uh, where everybody can hear it? But um, I guess back in February, uh, Dora had fallen and, and hurt her left arm and, it, and I guess it hurt for quite a while pretty pretty badly and uh, she went to the doctor uh, eventually you know uh, how that goes right we're all slow sometimes and and so uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm be as nice as I can be about it but uh, but you even had to have an MRI right and they do an MRI and so that's that's when they really want to find out all the nitty-gritty that's going on uh, there and so uh, she had torn some ligaments and uh, tore her rotator cuff uh, and the doctor said you're gonna have to have a whole, whole new shoulder yeah, and I remember uh, a while back I was reading about that or talking to somebody about it, and they said that shoulder uh, surgeries are very, very commonplace, and they have a very high success rate because uh, they do a bunch of them, and they've gotten really good at doing shoulder replacements, and they replace the whole ball and socket there of your shoulder, and it seems pretty extensive to me. I mean, but they can do it, you know, and um, have done uh, a lot of them, and so they, they said, well, you're going to have to have a whole new shoulder, and then we're going to re-sew all your tendons because you, you tore the ligaments there in your in your arm and you could see it and you could not only see it but you could feel where those tendons had torn in her arm and, and they don't heal right uh, you have to have them sewed back on uh, and so uh, and but then uh, I guess uh, two three weeks ago we had a prayer line and we just had an unction we needed to pray for people uh, on that Sunday morning and so of course uh, Miss Dora was in the line and we prayed for her and the, the next day uh, you said you felt things moving in your arm right which is kind of creepy right because uh i mean things moving things not not moving your arm right uh, that uh, that uh, you don't tend to move uh but uh, after that uh she could move her arm because she couldn't even pick her arm up at all before because when of course when you're missing tendons it's hard to to do the work that it's supposed to pick them up so uh but within a day uh she was able to lift her hand all the way up uh and she's not been able to do that since february and um uh and so she's her, she was totally healed in, in that, and so uh, that was a good testimony, amen. Uh, and and so, and she's been reading also been reading uh, the Bible scriptures for healing, right? Uh, and so, and I'd encourage you too. Uh, you know, one of the things, even if it's chronic, and even if even if it's um, things that you've not had victory over, uh, never give up your faith. Um, uh, and, and that's if you can learn that, uh, and never give up your faith. Uh, you know, you go back tomorrow and you read the verses again and you go back the next day and you and you read the verses again uh, and you keep speaking. And and, uh, and even if you have to get help and I've you know, I've been through plenty, plenty of prayer lines, uh, you know, things that I have not been able to get over my own self and faith. Um, and, and so there's never any condemnation to go in a prayer line at all. Uh, but even when you go to prayer line, always have faith. Right. Uh, Lord, uh, then then I'm going to add their faith to my faith so you don't just uh, kind of be neutral and say well lord then i'm gonna let them do all the work that's for the lost right but the church we always add 
the person's faith to our faith. So if somebody's praying for us, then we're adding uh, their faith to our faith. And together, we're going to get the job done. Amen? Because the Bible says that one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, right? So, you know, you can do the work, but it's, sometimes it's better to have some help. Amen? Uh, and, uh, and we thank God for that because didn't he give us that provision? Didn't he allow us to do that? Uh, he did. Amen? Uh, and so, did you, did you twitched? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. I saw a twitch out of the corner of my eye. And so, uh, and so, uh, so we thank God for that. Amen? So, good testimonies. Amen? Uh, and, uh, and really, I'd encourage you, if you ever get any testimonies, you know, let us know what your testimonies are because it's, it encourages people, amen? Uh, and um, it, it just lets us know, hey, if they can do it, I can do it, right? And so it's always, it, it is good. Well, yeah, yeah. For anybody from Chicago, that's probably hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mark eleven twenty four. Yeah. This isn't being recorded, right? <laughs> And she started asking me all these questions. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, you don't have to worry. We like you. We'll, we'll extend the grant, you know. And I said, okay, we're going home, you know. And then I did have to switch because I got a blood clot. And then, so I figured, okay, there was, I, you know, there was money left. There was $2,900 left. Well, they said you can use it for, you know, if you have a new prescription. I said, well, I really don't. I have one new prescription that's $4 every three months. So yeah. Wow. Saying that they have extended their what they're going to cover with grant money. Well, I get to the last page, and they said, "Well, even if you've already paid, you know, your insurance, your um, uh, Medicare supplement policy money, and your um, I get Part D deducted from my yeah. they said we'll, we'll we'll reimburse you. We'll write the check to you. I will get twenty nine hundred dollars, and I." Sweet. Yeah. 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 Amen. Well, that's that's a good testimony. Well, we had talked about. Um, I think it was last Sunday. The scripture there in Malachi chapter three about you know bring the tithes and the offerings into storehouse you know, and I'll, and I'll open up the windows of heaven, and give you a blessing you know that you can't contain. But the very next verse says and and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So sometimes the financial blessings of the Lord is not so much that we get a windfall, but that where our, our money keeps getting you know just it just goes away right because we got so many things that that seems like it's breaking or. You know, and now we got all these new bills here that we got to pay. But that's where they devour. He's devouring your income. And so sometimes we just need the Lord to bless uh, us so that devour, the devourer is rebuked. So that, I mean, we may have a lot of money or plenty of money. Uh, you ever seen poor rich people? Because they have a devourer in their life. You know, some people, they said it's like uh, money goes through their hands like sand, right? Well, that's because there's a devourer operating in their life. And if they would could plug that hole, they would have plenty of money, right? Uh, and so sometimes it's not so much that I need more income, it's that I, I need to devour to stop eating the income that I do have. Uh, and uh, and so, that, so, you, so that's just, uh, you know, perfect testimony that the devourer has been rebuked more so than, uh, you know, now I got to go back to work, right? And bless me, and that'd be great if you want to go back to work, but, you know, uh, if you could just get the devourer to stop eating what you got, you'd be all right, right? Uh, and so... Uh, so the Lord is good, amen? Uh, he's good in every area of our life. Uh, and, um, uh, and we'll see, you know, we've been thinking about doing a, a uh, prosperity book, like our healing book on all the different translations of uh, prosperity. But uh, the only problem with prosperity is, uh, there, uh, and I don't know who calculated this, but someone said there's like 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about prosperity, which, uh, of course, that's a pretty broad range because... The word blessed means to be prosperous, right? One of the definitions of the word. So every verse that says uh, God blesses you, uh, God desires for you to be prosperous. So, I mean, just that alone would be hundreds and hundreds of verses. So uh, as we'll see, uh, you know, how that goes. I've started putting together a few verses there, and I'm up to about 400 or so already. So um, we'll see. We'll see how, how long. That probably won't take six years to do it, you know. 
Everything's easier the second time you do it, right? Yeah, we could probably cut that in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I probably would like to have see your list there, and so uh, because there's always there's verses that you know uh, it's not just about the word. Sometimes the contents of the verse clearly show that God wants to bless you. So you can't look it up, or, or you know, now you could just read the whole Bible and do it that way. But um, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes you read the Bible, you read a whole chapter, you go, I have no idea what I just read. Anybody ever done that? Uh, you mean you're you're not perfect like you know like the rest of us so uh, and so um, so you know be able to search the Bible and look up verses and stuff uh, is a good way to do it and so anyway we'll see how that goes and and um, but uh, for today today's healing school right so uh, we'll talk some more about healing uh, and uh, but you know the nice thing about to me in learning about the faith for healing is once you understand the the premise of faith and really how faith works it's a lot easier to apply that to any area of your life, like finances or, you know, some other areas, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, once you have faith for, for healing, well, you know, the faith for healing is exactly the same way that faith for anything works. I find the Bible, I believe the Bible, I apply the Bible. Uh, so whether it's finances or deliverance or overcoming in your life or being victorious in some area, uh, all of those aspects of faith operate exactly the same. I have the Word of God, I believe the Word of God, I apply the Word of God. Um, and then uh, in the general principles of healing also apply. You know, I, I make sure what I say doesn't cancel out my faith. Well, God, I'm believing for money, but you know, I'm always the first one to be broke. Well, then now you're still at zero, right? Because you just negated everything you just said that you said by faith, but you didn't really mean it by faith because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so if you, if you, if you say, well, I'm always the first one to be broke, then that's what's in your heart. Now, you may say, I'm prosperous, but if you also say, I'm always the first one to get broke, that's probably what's really in your heart, and the other stuff is just, you know, well, you got to say that because you're required by law as a charismatic person to say things like that, right? Uh, and so uh, so just always listen to your own voice, right? Always listen to your own words. Well, I'm always the first one to get sick. Well, then you can believe all the healing scriptures you want to. Probably not going to get healed because of your, of your words, Right? Uh, that uh, your words are working against you. Amen. So don't, don't allow your words to work against you. Always, always listen to your own words. Uh, and if you find or hear that your words are not the right words, that, you know, well, that cost me an arm and leg. Oh, I just, you know, I just died laughing. Well, you know, that just kills me, you know. Uh, well, you know, every time it rains, I, you know, I can't, you know. Well, you know, when you get older, it just things start. I mean, if you start hearing those things, then instead of just suppressing them, because that's sometimes what we do is we want to have the appearance of being a person of faith without being a person of faith. So sometimes we stop saying them, but we still believe them. We stop saying them around people who might judge us, right? Because anybody remember the, the confession police back in the 80s, you know? And I mean, you couldn't even say, well, I'm not feeling well. Oh, don't say that, brother. Well, I'm not, well, I'm, I'm not, you know? I didn't say I always feel bad. See, the difference between saying what is and what your faith is, right? Now, if you said, I'm always the first one to get sick, that's a statement of faith, right? It's the wrong kind of faith, but it's still a statement of faith. If you say, you know, I don't feel really uh, well today, that's not a statement of faith. That's just, that's just an observation, right? Uh, and we, we're so quick to judge everybody about everything. You know, oh, brother, don't say that, you know? Uh, and I've had people, you know, just, just you know, uh, with all the symptoms, you know, you feel okay, I'm fine, you know? Uh, well, I mean, they are fine, but uh, by faith, they're fine. But, you know, they could they, they, they are so uh, it was so hard for them to say what's actually going on in their life. So there's nothing for me to apply my faith to help them. You know, if they say they're fine, well, then there's nothing for me to do. Right. Uh, but listen to your own words. And if you hear your words 
that are not uh, lined up with the word of God, then change your heart. And that's that's the area I think that Christians uh, could work on better is instead of just changing your words, see, changing your words are not sufficient because Jesus is out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks in Matthew chapter 12. He told us that, right? So if you're saying words that are not lined up with the faith of the word of God, then change your heart because your heart needs to believe, right? Uh, for with the heart, man believes, right? So the issue is not so much that your words are not correct. The issue is that your heart is not believing. So go back to the word of God and say, Lord, you know, I know this verse is here, but I don't believe it. You know, it's okay to say that because he knows that's true even if you don't say it, right? He still knows that you're not, how many times did he tell the disciples, oh, you have little faith, right? Uh, he knew that they had no faith. So you might as well admit it and say, Lord, I just, I'm having a hard time believing this verse. And talk to him about it. And, and well, Lord, why, why am I having a hard time believing this verse? Uh, and and uh, meditate on that verse and, and uh, find out why that particular verse is not as meaningful to you as maybe some other verse. Uh, and work it out. Work, your, uh, work out your own salvation. And see, then you can change your heart. And then what comes out of your heart is faith. Uh, then when you say, I'm the healed of God, then you know you mean it. Or I believe this particular verse that, you know, that, uh, that uh, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. See, that, that's a Bible verse, right? But you have to choose to believe it. Uh, in order for for it to to be working and you know and when we were praying for clark this verse is what what i stood upon was well i don't have a specific verse for the healing of my pet but i have a general verse that because you love me you want everything in my life to work well and my dog is part of my life uh and, and so and we're not trying to make a dog doctor or anything like that it's just but the, the, does it does it limit to uh non-pet related items that, that concern you no, is it only for your kitchen utensils or only for your washing machine or only for your car, right? There's no limit to that particular verse, right? And that's one nice thing about general verses of faith that can apply in any area of our life that, that uh, uh, lines up with the word of God. Uh, and so uh, check up the condition of your heart uh, and don't condemn yourself. You know, if you catch yourself saying things that are just not of faith, then just change it, right? Uh, at that moment. Uh, and so... And you can do that. That should be a normal part of your life, right? That should be a normal part of you uh, listening to the own words that you say. Because, you know, to be honest, I hear a lot of doubt and unbelief in people's lives, just how they talk. And, and you know, in church, everybody talks, you know, 100% faith. But, you know, uh, when we step outside and we're just kind of chit-chatting out in, the, out, in the, uh, out in the driveway, you know, or something, that's when the reality comes in, right? Well, you know, I know inside there I got faith, but, you know, really out here, there's really, uh, it, ain't, it doesn't ever work for me, you know. I, it works for them, but it doesn't ever work for me. Uh, see, then that's the condition of your heart, right? That's your heart. And that's something that only you can change, amen? I mean, we can preach faith all day long, but you, you have to get your heart hooked up with that faith, amen? And you can do it. It's not, it's not really that hard to do. You've done it in plenty of areas of your life. Uh, but there's a lot of things. You know, it seems to me the Lord's always wanting to dial in our faith, right? Uh, you know, because if, if you've been going to a word church for a while, uh, and especially if you've been coming to healing school for a while, you know, you generally know all the verses for healing. You know, you know, the premise for healing. You know, it's always God's will to heal every single time. There's no exceptions. But there's going to be little areas of your life that maybe this, you know, well, you know, I've had 16 people in my family die from this same thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get that thing. You know, whatever that thing is. And, and that, that fear will maybe fester in your mind for sometimes years, right? And, and you don't really vocalize it. But you haven't dealt with it either. And Lord, a lot of times the Lord would deal with it. Hey, you need to deal with that fear. Get rid of that fear out of your life. Uh, and, and speak it out. 
Lord, and just say, Lord, you know, uh, everybody in my family's gotten this same thing, this disease, and, and 50% of them die from that disease. Uh, and, uh, and to be honest, Lord, I've just been afraid of that, you know. He knows it anyway, but don't leave it at that and say, Lord, Lord then uh, let's overcome this. You know, help me overcome this fear in my life uh, because it's better to vocalize it and get it out of the way than to hide from it and act like it's not there. Uh, you know, people who, they know something bad is wrong with them, but they don't, won't go to the doctor because, it, well, you know, they might tell me something bad. Well, it doesn't matter. It's there anyway, right? It's not like it's going to be new information. Oh, you know, you got terminal cancer. Well, you knew you had something bad wrong with you before that, right? Uh, and uh, that, that it shouldn't be bad news. It's just information, amen? And to me, when the, when the veterinarian said that uh, Clark had arthritis, I'm like, sweet, I've got a name. If I got a name, then I got a name above every name. And I got a name of arthritis, and so I've got a name above every name. And so it doesn't bother me at all when, when uh, there's a report that comes back that's not, uh, that's not the best report. Because if he said, well, he just got a bruised ankle or something. He'll be better in two weeks, right? Uh, that's not what he said. He says, well, he's got arthritis. And you know, this kind of dog, they always get arthritis. Uh, well, you know, it may be only 90, 95% of the dogs like that get arthritis. Because my dogs, he's in the top 5%, right? Uh, and so, and he's going to stay in the top 5%. Uh, and so, so it's just, uh, um, you know, don't stick your head in the sand. Don't, don't hope if I don't, if I don't think about it, it, you know, it'll just go away. I mean, if the Lord tells you it's nothing, then, then, then no big deal. Because usually if a, if a new thing shows up in my life, you know, I just kind of check in with the Lord. Lord, is this, is this a serious thing or just a not serious thing? If it's a serious thing, then I need to get on it pretty quick. If it's not a serious thing, it's like, well, then, you know, the, the, the natural design of my body will take care of it and, and we'll, we'll move on. Not, not a big deal. Um, and so uh, don't ever be afraid of things. And, and I know people get deathly afraid of some new thing that showed up. You know, a mole showed up. Oh, it's probably a sign of skin cancer, you know. Well, it could just be a mole, right? It may not be anything, right? Uh, and a lot of times people will add to whatever they see in, in the negative sense, right? I mean, nobody ever gets a new mole and go, wow, it's another beauty mark. You know, I just got prettier today just than I was yesterday. Uh, anybody ever say that, right? You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, 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 it's usually, oh, you know, it's probably some dreadful disease, right? Uh, and so uh, let's, let's keep an eye out on our, on our own words, Amen. Uh, and if you'll do that, it'll help, uh, it'll help dial in your faith and stay in faith all the time. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we're, we're in this chapter here about Paul and about him, uh, about his thorn in the flesh. Uh, and uh, was his thorn in the flesh, was it sickness and disease? No, it wasn't sickness and disease. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? It was people. Well, how do we know that? Did we just make up that doctrine? No, we just did what, what a normal student of the word of God uh, should do is to take that phrase and research it and find the context of where that phrase is used throughout the Bible. And if that phrase was used for a wide range of things, then we don't necessarily know uh, what its intent was. But that phrase is used many times in the Old Testament and every single time it's always in the context of people, that people were going to be a thorn in the flesh specifically to the nation of Israel. So did Paul know that phrase? Had he heard of that phrase before? He should, I mean, he, he was a, a, a Jew, right? A, a, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. So he knew that phrase and he knew it well. And, and he knew that if there, if there was an annoyance in his life that wouldn't leave, that a good phrase to call that would be a thorn in the flesh. And so if that's, if that's true, and it is true, because that's, that's what the word of God um, uh, shows us, then you can never use 2 Corinthians chapter 12 
that Paul had sickness and disease. So now you're stuck with only Galatians chapter 4, which says, you know, they'd pluck their very eyes out for me. That's the only verse that you'd have because you can't use 2 Corinthians 12. So a, a verse that may sound like sickness was that where they would pluck their very eyes out. Uh, but did he actually mean that they would pluck their very eyes out? I mean, if, what if they did? What's he going to do with it then? Uh, you know, even today they can't do eye transplants, right? Then they can do cornea transplants, right? They can do hair transplants, you know. They can do face transplants, but they can't do eye transplants, you know, not yet anyway, where they take out the whole eyeball, right, and reattach the, the retina and, and all those things. And, uh, and at least uh, uh, I, don't think they, I don't think they can. Anybody ever heard of that? I don't think, as far as I know, they can't do that. Uh, they sure couldn't do that in Paul's time, right? Uh, and so, uh, but it was really just a phrase that they used, right? It was, just, it was just a phrase that they said, like, it cost me an arm and a leg or, you know, uh, I'll give the shirt off my back for you. You know, you're not really, really give me a shirt off your back. You know, can I have it? Well, I don't want your shirt. I mean, especially you've been working it all day long, right? And so, uh, so we know that uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh was only uh, dealing with people. And, of course, he does talk about the infirmity. You know, therefore, you know, I'll, I will take joy in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. But we also saw that the word infirmity was, uh, was, was used... In many various ways, right? It was used for sickness and disease, but it was also used for weakness of the flesh. And so the only way that you can tell how that word is used is by the context of where it's being used, right? Uh, in, the whole, in the whole scheme of things. Uh, and so since we know, uh, we know that the thorn of the flesh wasn't sickness and disease, therefore infirmity wasn't sickness. It was the weakness of the flesh where he didn't like dealing with, with annoying people. Anybody like not dealing with annoying people? You know, if you're Chicago, you just you just tie up some cement blocks to their to their feet and you throw them in the Chicago River. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, down the south, you you'd probably bury them out in the backyard. Right. But uh, never be heard from again. But, you know, normal people don't do stuff like that. Normal people have to put up with them. Right. Uh, and so. So the the uh, there's no way that you can really use Second Corinthians chapter 12 to establish that Paul was was sick in any way. Uh, and then, you know, Paul's resume itself, uh, had, he has many lists of things that he suffered. Not a single list. In all, in all the lists, we read, I think, three different lists of things that he suffered and, and uh, had to put up with in his ministry. Not a single time did he talk about sickness. And you would think if it was something as bad as some people imply that Paul had, that he would have said, and besides that, I have to preach while being sick all the time. And I just have to use faith to get up every day and preach through my pain and agony and discomfort. Uh, uh, but did he ever mention that in any of his lists? No, you think, I mean, because the whole purpose of the list, because he said, you know, he said, I'm, you know, he said, uh, to paraphrase it, he said, I'm, I'm speaking like a fool. He said, I'm just kind of bragging to just kind of show you how much stuff I have to suffer. Well, I mean, if the purpose was to kind of show, then, then you always want to have, you always want to make it as bad of case as you can, right? Oh, you think you got a bad, I got it twice as bad as you, right? You ever been in, in, in uh, seeing competitions about how sick you are. I, I see it all the time, you know. Oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good, but I got this little itch. Oh, you think that's bad? You know, I couldn't even sleep. You know, my whole body itched, you know. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, somebody's always got it worse than you. And it seems like a competition. And, that, and, it, and Paul was kind of doing that just in a facetious way uh, to show how much that he had suffered uh, as a minister of, of the Lord. And you would think that, that uh, if he had something that topped everybody else's sickness, that that would have been a good thing to do, Right. Because you're saying you got a toe ache is not very impressive, right? 
Uh, well, I lost all my toes. Well, okay, now that's pretty impressive, right? For the gospel, you know, not you shouldn't have to lose your toes for the gospel, but, but, uh, but that's what I'm saying. If you're going to compete, then at least bring your full game to the game. And Paul would have done that, right? Because he talked about all the things, a day and a night in the deep, shipwrecked, what, three different times? Uh, and we only know of one particular story, but, uh, but uh, he was... So, I mean, if that's the case, it's like, Paul, how are we getting there? We're going on a boat. I ain't going with you. I mean, you know, uh, you and boats don't get along well, right? I mean, you know, you might want to... You might want to consider whether you want to go with Paul on a boat, right? Uh, but uh, he always made it, didn't he? So uh, now Jesus was never shipwrecked, right? So he's the guy you want to get in a boat with, right? And no matter what, he was going to the other side. Uh, maybe Paul never read uh, uh, that story in the book of Mark, right? Going to the other side. Uh, and, of course, he was not. He was at the mercy of the people, obviously, his boat. Uh, and that's a, that's a whole different thing. But, but in Paul's ministry, so, so Brother Boss will start shifting gears a little bit about He's just kind of making the case uh, about Paul himself as a minister of the gospel uh, and that uh, 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 that his preaching. Remember, when he was uh, uh, wherever he went, there was many healings. Right. Uh, And uh, uh, in a lot of places like at Lystra, right, the the man that uh, uh, that uh, his ankles need to be strengthened. And uh, and and it said Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. And he said, stand upright on thy feet. Uh, and immediately his ankles and uh, his ankle bones were strengthened. And he stood up and leaped. And so, uh, so Paul uh, perceived he had faith for healing. So uh, how do you reckon the man had faith for healing? Well, Paul was surely teaching about healing, right? He's surely preaching about healing in his ministries. If people were developing faith for healing while listening to Paul, then surely Paul was talking about healing. Because uh, he knew about the, the healing power of God. The Lord, the Lord had used him. Um, uh, in the power of God to heal people. And then he talks about uh, that as Christians, you know, we should, we should all desire uh, these spiritual gifts. And so I'm going to just read those verses there. And, you know, if you've been around here at all, we know these verses. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians. Uh, we'll start in chapter 12 there, at the very last verse of chapter 12. Uh, and so, of course, Paul wrote this, right? Uh, and at first, of course, we know in First Corinthians chapter 12, in the, in the whole chapter, he talks about the nine gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, which includes uh, uh, special faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. Uh, and those that all can be related to healing, right? Gifts of healings, of course, relate to healing. Uh, and then special faith and working of miracles can relate to healing. But at the end of the chapter, Paul says in verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And the word gifts there is charisma, right? Uh, anybody ever heard people called charismatics, right? We're called charismatics, but they're called charismatics because of the Greek word charisma. Anybody ever heard of the charisma magazine? Which is this Greek word for gifts, right? The supernatural gifts. Uh, and so there are many uh, Greek words used that are translated as gifts. Some of them are talking about like a present, like you would give to somebody, right? Like, uh, like dorma. Uh, and, and I think in, uh, first, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, where it talks about uh, uh, that uh, God, uh, Jesus gave gifts unto men, uh, that, that word there is doma, uh, which means it's a gift of a gratuity, right? Something you'd give to somebody as a present. Uh, but these gifts are the supernatural uh, gifts of God, uh, and they're the charismatic gifts. Uh, and that's where we get the word uh, charismatic from, is from this Greek word gifts. So Paul is telling the, the people here, to covet earnestly. That's a very strong word, right? 
Because covet means, you know, usually it's used in a negative sense, right? Don't covet your neighbor's wife. That's one of the Ten Commandments, right? In other words, do not desire uh, something that you shouldn't have. Uh, but he said, but covet earnestly the best gifts or covet, earn, covet earnestly the best supernatural manifestations of God. And so it's not just desire, but strongly desire. So that's a pretty powerful uh, uh, exhortation to the church to strongly desire the best gifts. And of course, the best gifts are what? Whichever one you need, right? So if you're perfectly healthy, do you need the gifts of healing in manifestation? No. I mean, they could be there all day long, but, you know, well, I'm fine. I'm, I don't need, you know, have a prayer line. I don't need to go to prayer line. I feel good, right? So, so do you need, is that the best gift for you? But if you're, if you're trying to make a decision, you don't know which way to go, then you need to give uh, the word of wisdom, right? Which way should I go, Lord? Should I go left or should I go le- right? You know, I don't know, but I need, I need your, your assistance here to show me which way to go. Uh, then the best gift for you in that case would be uh, the word of wisdom, right? Uh, and so, so Paul said, covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, this is not talking about love, right? Because he said, and I, yet I show you a more excellent way. And he takes, he takes a little side journey, talks about love, uh, which is more important really than everything because uh, faith works by love. So it has to come with love first and then faith and then the results in your life, right? Uh, and so uh, if, you, if you're not getting... If you, if you know the word of God, but you're not getting all the results, you know, you, uh, it, it could be a faith problem, but you also can might check up on your love issue, right? See if there's any, and Lord, am I walking in love everywhere that I need to be walking in love? Uh, well, yeah, except for your neighbor's dog, you know, I hate that dog. Well, there you go, right? I mean, if you, if you can say you hate a dog, you know, you might want to check up on that, right? Uh, you know, and so, but he said, covet earnestly the best gifts. So this is Paul uh, talking to the church to covet earnestly. So, so is there anything wrong with desiring to be healed? No, because it, that's a commandment from the word of God to desire the gifts of healing to be manifestation, uh, to be an assistant to you in your life, right? So there's nothing wrong. You know, oh, I, I want more than anything for them to have a prayer line today for healing. Anything wrong with that? No, because you're perfectly biblical in doing that, right? Th- that you're perfectly biblical, uh, that... Uh, uh, you desire the gifts of healing to be a manifestation. Amen. Uh, and then you get over to chapter 14 and it says in verse one. Uh, so at the end of uh, chapter 12, it says, I show you a more excellent way, which is love. And then he starts in verse 14, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. So he ties love and spiritual gifts together in two different verses, right? Both in third chapter 12, verse 31, chapter 14, verse one, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, that word gifts there is italicized, so it wasn't actually in the original language or the original Greek. Uh, it means desire things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. If you go back to chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And again, that word gifts there is italicized, so it just means things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. And then he shows us what those things are, which includes the nine gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. So things that pertain to and of the Holy Spirit are the supernatural gifts. That's the context of what chapter 12 that he spent the whole chapter explaining that, what that means. Uh, And so uh, we're just tying all that together here uh, in chapter 14, verse 1. Desire things to pertain to and of the Holy Spirit. Desire the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So anything wrong with desiring the move of the Spirit uh, in your life? Nothing wrong with that. Anything wrong with desiring the, the, the move of the Spirit in your church? Nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, well, you know, 
Uh, and, and um, you know, we, we, I've heard people say, well, you're wrong in desiring the spiritual gifts. You know, you should desire just Jesus. Just desire Jesus is all you need. You know, we just need Jesus. Well, I mean, that's true, obviously. We, don't, we do need Jesus, right? But who instructed us to desire spiritual gifts? Jesus did, right? I mean, who, uh, who, who wrote these words? Paul did, but who instructed Paul what words to write? Specifically the Holy Spirit, but who instructed the Holy Spirit what to say? Jesus, right? It all goes back to Jesus. He's the head of the church, right? As the head of the church, he wanted to make sure that we in the church were given instructions to desire the supernatural move of God. And so he instructed Paul by the Holy Spirit, hey, write these words down. And this is what I want you to say to make sure the church is desiring these things. Because when they desire them, that's the faith. That's them requesting and desiring and crying out for me to move on, on their behalf by desiring these spiritual gifts. Uh, and the Lord, he, he, he loves to, to move based upon our desires, right? Didn't he say he'd give you the desires of your heart? Yeah. Uh, didn't he say that what things over you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you and she'll have them? So people, you know, sometimes, well, you know, I, I don't want, I just want God, nothing else in my life, you know. Well, how about healing? No, I don't want healing. I just, just want God. But you're sick. I, you know, I just, I just want God. No, that's not true at all. Because if it, was, if it was true, you wouldn't be going to the doctor. If it was true, you wouldn't be asking people to, to, to fix you food to take, bring to your bed, right? You just, you just suffer with it. Uh, so, so that kind of false humility is, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's a shame that people would do that. Because the Bible specifically instructs us to desire these supernatural gifts, right? Uh, and, and Paul specifically wrote these things, right? Uh, and, and at the very end of chapter 14, he said in verse 39, Wherefore, brethren, covet, there's that word covet again. So coveting things are not wrong, right? It's not wrong to covet things, right? It's wrong to covet your neighbor's things, uh, but it's not wrong to covet. It's, it's always appropriate to covet or desire things from God. And he said here, to covet to prophesy, which uh, is one of the nine gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. So, uh, so three different times we've got here where the children of God, the saints of God, the, the church of God was instructed and really com- uh, these suggestions are commandments. They're all commandments, right? If it's the word of God, it's a commandment. And he didn't say, well, if you feel like it, do it. Otherwise, don't worry about it. Is that what he said? No, he said, do it and shut up, do it, right? Just, just do it. Uh, and, and so so he has instructed the church many times to desire the move of God. Uh, and, and so why is it that you think that the move of God isn't as strong as it maybe as it could be? Probably because we're not coveting it as 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 because he said covet earnestly, right? That's a strong word. It's not just covet, but strongly covet the this the spiritual gifts to be in manifest. Now he wrote it to the church, right? He didn't write First Corinthians to just one person. He wrote it to the church. So he's instructing the church to desire the move of God in their midst, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, if you say, well, God used me in this way, you know, it's not necessarily wrong, but that's not what he said for you to covet God to use you in that way uh, because how he uses you is up to him. Uh, he's, we should all desire, Lord, we want these manifestations in our church. And that may mean he uses you, may mean he uses somebody else. Uh, but these are, are strong words. The word covet by itself is a strong word. But then you add the word earnest to it. You know, earnestly is, is, uh, uh, is an adverb because covet is a verb. It's something you should do. So earnestly is an adverb. It modifies the verb and, and it strengthens the verb, right? It, it says, well, it's not just covet. It's, it's more than coveting. 
uh, and that's your English grammar uh, uh, instruction for the day, right? Uh, and so, so uh, that, that, that's three different witnesses all about us desiring things, amen? Uh, and I know, I know we do go over this on occasion here at the church, but I don't think uh, we can emphasize that too much because if the Lord instructed Paul to write this three different times, then that means it's a pretty, pretty significant en- emphasis on something, right? That he wants us to do that. Uh, and so, um, so we should, we should uh, increase our desire for these things. Amen. Uh, and then he, then he talks about uh, Paul's witness himself. And he starts out talking about, um, uh, about the promise of healing. And of course, he starts out with, we're in 1 Corinthians uh, 15 there, or 14, really, the end of 14. We can just go over a couple of chapters to chapter uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And he says, um, uh, in verse 20, he says, For all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And so that's a good, that's, that's a general verse, right? It's not specific about anything in particular. It's a general verse which says we can apply this to any other verse that's in the Bible. So any promise that we have uh, that's not been done away with, right? So there is a promise of uh, it's not really a promise, but it's a warning. But in the Old Testament, there's curses that come along when you do bad things, right? But have we been redeemed from the curse? We have. So that doesn't apply to us anymore. We can't say, well, the Bible says if you don't, if you don't obey him, curses are going to come upon you. It did say that in the Old Testament, but we have been redeemed from that. So that no longer applies to our life, right? It, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, hold any. But, it, but the blessings from Deuteronomy 28, he said, if you do obey me, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Have we been redeemed from the blessings of the law? We have not been redeemed from the blessings of the law. That's why it's perfectly acceptable to go in the Old Testament and find a blessing of the law that everything that you shall lay in hands to shall prosper. Well, that's a, one of the blessings in Deuteronomy 28, right? Blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the country, blessed in the city. Uh, and so you'll be ahead and not the tail, above and not beneath. Those are all blessings that come about by being obedient to the Lord. And, and have we been redeemed from the blessings? We haven't, so... That means that's a promise. And so when we ask the question, does that promise apply to me? What's always the answer? According to 2 Corinthians 1.20, the answer is yes. Right. So so we can go all the way back to Exodus 15.26, that I am the Lord that healeth thee. And somebody would say, well, that's Old Testament. That doesn't apply to us. We've never been redeemed from the blessings of the Old Testament. So if it's a blessing in the Old Testament, it belongs to us. It's part of the covenant of Abraham. Right. And aren't we children of Abraham? Then the Bible called Christians actually more of a child of Abraham because we're a child by faith than even the, the nation of Israel. We are. We're actually more closely related to Abraham than the blood relatives uh, because we're children of faith. And so uh, if, if God gave Abraham a, a promise, which he did to the, to the nation of Israel, uh, then uh, it belongs to us. So if he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee, then according to 2 Corinthians one twenty, then he is still the Lord who heals me. It's a promise and the answer is yes. Uh, and so, so let's look at just real quick. Uh, we're, we're about out of time. But we'll look at this uh, one, one uh, story here at the end of the book of Acts there in um, Acts uh, 28. This is Paul about to head to Rome. And along the way, he stopped at the uh, island of Malta there. Uh, and... Um, uh, it says, uh, we're in chapter 27 there, go to chapter 28. It says there in um, um, verse 7, 
It says, in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was uh, Publius, uh, who received us and lodged with us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius was lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Uh, and when this was done, others also uh, which had diseases in the island came and were healed. Uh, and it says, who also honored us with many honors. And so, so in, in this case, uh, the Weymouth's translation of verse 9 says, after this, all the other sick people in the island came and were cured. So Paul was really, because he wrote 2 Corinthians 1.20, that, that all the promises of God are yes and amen, that all the promises belong to, to everybody. And so uh, here, uh, if uh, Mark uh, uh, 16 said that the believer shall lay hands on the sick and never cover, then that applies everywhere Paul goes. And so Paul knew that because he knew that all the promises of God are yes and amen. And so even though he wasn't there in Mark 16 that said you shall lay hands on the sick and never cover, he knew because by revelation that if it's a promise, it belongs to him. So then he could, uh, he could then pray for all the people and all the people were healed because he, he knew that the promise of God uh, was available to him. Uh, and so healing then, uh, if you're a Christian and you're among a hundred people that are sick, that are not Christians, then how many do those... How many of those hundred people does the promise that I'll lay hands on a sick and never cover apply to? It applies to all hundred of them, right? Because they're the heathen uh, and the Bible said I can lay hands on the sick and they'll all recover. Uh, and so, uh, so he, he's just kind of going through it and making the, the argument about these things that uh, this belongs to all of us. Amen. Uh, and so we're about uh, to finish up this chapter and um, uh, then uh, we, uh, we're going to start on the next book. Uh, as soon as we get to with this particular chapter. And I know we've gone through this chapter a little slowly, you know, because it just talked about Paul's thorn in the flesh. But I think it's really helpful to go through the scripture foundation for that because that's a very common uh, argument that people make to not believe God, which, you know, some people strive to not believe God. They work hard to get PhDs in unbelief, right? Uh, and uh, just like Mark 16, I know we got to go, but, you know, Mark 16, if you read commentaries, uh, Mark 16 a lot of times, uh, especially everything uh, from where it says that uh, Jesus had gone to all the world to preach the gospel, uh, many scholars say, well, that doesn't belong in the New Testament. And they give all kinds of reasons why that, that, that shouldn't be in the New Testament. Uh, and um, I, I always happen to read something from the 1880s, and another scholar gave all the reasons why that's a bunch of hogwash, right? Uh, and I like, the, I like the new scholar, right, from the 1800s, uh, because his argument was made a lot more sense any other arguments, right? Uh, and so, but really, I mean, everything that's in Mark 16 is everywhere else anyway, right? Did we see Jesus lay hands on the sick? We did. Did we see people speak with other tongues? We did, right? Did, did, did the Lord uh, work uh, uh, and confirm the word with signs following everywhere they, did, they went? He did. So there's nothing in Mark 16 at the end of it that uh, uh, didn't happen after that, amen? It's just a good, concise way to write it all there. Uh, and so don't be a bunch of uh, hogwash the people trying to uh, do away with faith because uh, I'm always suspect of anybody who tries to do away with the supernatural. And I hear people all the time trying to do away with the supernatural. Well, God doesn't do that anymore or that verse doesn't belong in the Bible or whatever it is. They're always trying to do away with the supernatural. You know, well, God didn't mean seven days when he created the earth in seven days. He meant seven time periods, right? Uh, 
well, couldn't God, I mean, God not able to create the earth in seven days? Are you saying he's limited or something? He, he had to take a five billion years to create, a, you know, a, your first pinky toe or something? I mean, it didn't make any sense, right? God just, bam, you know, just is there. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's uh, pray and then we're going to pray for some folks here in just a minute. So, Father, we thank you uh, for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that it is strong and sure in our lives. And Father, according to your word, you, you instructed us to covet earnestly the best gifts. And so, Father, when we're sick, the very best gift is the gift of healing. Lord, we thank you that that gift is in manifestation today, just like it was when you first uh, allowed it to come into the church. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And, and Lord, we thank you that as uh, this class is about healing, then the best gift is always healing, Father, for this class. Other times and seasons, Father, the best gift is whatever we need in that moment. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Father, we, we come together as your people, and we hook our faith up together. And, Father, as we get ready to lay hands on the sick, we thank you, Father, that our faith is joined together, that none of us are doing this together. We're all, we are all believers, Father. And so we join our faith together, believing you that we will recover fully, Father, from every sickness and every disease. And so, Father, we thank you for that, and we give you the praise and the honor for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so if you need uh, hands laid on you today, if you'd like to be prayed for for any sickness or disease, um, then uh, if you'll come forward, we'll pray for you. Amen. And the Lord will heal your faith, our faith together. We'll get the job done. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather together as your people and believe you. Father, it's an honor to believe you. You said in your word that you're not a man that you should lie, Father. Uh, and so, Father, we thank you that, that you don't lie. When you said that you would do it, you, you said it would happen. And, Father, it does happen. And so, Lord, we thank you that we are the healed of God. It's a promise. It belongs to us. And so, Father, sometimes we have to use faith to overcome sickness and disease. But it's a promise, Father, and it always applies to us. So, Father, we thank you that the promise of a healing belongs to us. And so, Father, we thank you that you said in your word to lay hands on the sick, and you didn't just limit that to just the unbelievers, Father. Uh, you said any, any person we lay hands on, the Father, that's sick, they will recover. And according to your word, Father, we believe that it's, that promise is still so today. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. That every sickness in this body has to leave in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. That if it's, if it's outside the will and plan of God, that it has to be removed from this body. In the name of Jesus. Father, every sickness and every pain, Father, has to go in Jesus' name. And Father, along with that, every symptom, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. This body is healed in Jesus' name. Father, your eternal life lives in this body. And you said that eternal life quickens and makes alive this mortal flesh. So Father, because she's a child of God, you live on the inside of her. And you affect a healing and a cure in her body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for complete and total healing. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you that by the law of contact and transmission, Father, that your spirit is transferred into this physical body. And Father, it affects a healing and a cure. Every joint, Father, in this body, every pain has to yield to your spirit, Father. And Lord, we declare this body healed and well and strong in Jesus' name. Much work to do, Father, still for this body and this earth. And so, Father, we thank you that we declare this body healed in Jesus' name. Well in Jesus' name. And whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Father. And Lord, as always, we give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you for the healing power of God. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you this knee is 100% well and strong in Jesus' name. It's fully recovered, Father, and permanently recovered. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that today we connect our faith together and declare it to be so. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. And Father, we just thank you for being good to us. We thank you that you desire for us to be well more than we desire us to be well. So, Father, there's no issue with us desiring to be well. You said we'd have the very desires of our heart. And so we thank you, Father, that our desires to be, to be well are well within the Word of God and well within our rights and privileges to believe you, Father. And we just thank you for being so good to us, Father, and so kind towards us to heal our bodies, Father, supernaturally. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the mercy of doctors and nurses and medicine, Father. But we also thank you for the supernatural provision of the Word of God. We thank you for the laying on of hands, Father. Gifts of healings, Father. Supernatural anointings. We thank you for those things, Father. And as always, we give you all praise and honor and glory, Father. You alone are worthy to be worshipped and to be praised and to be adored. We thank you for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good. Amen. We appreciate him, all the good things he's done for us. Well, let's get ready to receive uh, this afternoon's uh, offering then. Uh, me and Jared are going to be heading out of Dodge here in just a little bit. We're going up to youth camp, and um, uh, we'll be up there the week with a bunch of sweaty teenagers. And, uh, and so... Um, uh, we'll be all right. We'll make it just fine. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And, and um, I think we told you all that we, we've got our building paid off now. And so um, all is well. Amen. 
Uh, and so, I don't think we have any other announcements, right? Uh, of course, it's, July it's prayers July the 9th, right? And then, um, of course, in August, uh, Brother Randy will be coming here. So looking forward to seeing him here. It's always good when he comes because he imparts things in, into the ministry. Amen. Uh, and so, praise God. Um, yes. Um, it's the Sunday before that. It's always the Sunday before Gatlinburg. Yeah. Okay. You guys heading out of Dodge after that? Week after that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's always here the Sunday before Gatlinburg, at least for the last 11 years, right? I mean, I, you know, so, uh, yeah, he'll be here then, so looking forward to seeing him, so. We had a good time when we were in Branson with him, too, so, and we're going to get to see him next week, so he may get tired of seeing us here after a while, right? Because that'll be um, three or four, five times we've seen him this year, so. All right, we'll, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and you're dismissed. <laughs>